Welcome to this episode of Patient Voices in HIV Management, a CE podcast series. If you are seeking continuing education credit, please review the disclosures and the requirements for a successful completion of the activity prior to listening to the podcast. A link is found in the show notes that can direct you to this information. After listening to the podcast, please go to practice.cme.com to complete the post-test and evaluation to receive continuing education credit. Joining us in this episode is Dr. William Short and his patient, a 40-year-old male with HIV, hypertension, and nephrotic syndrome. Hello and welcome. My name is Bill Short. I'm an associate professor of medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. And I'm joined here today with one of my long-term patients. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. I want to get started. Um, I'm going to take you back. So I've been taking care of him. Um, I had to go back and look, but it's been since May of 2013. So do you remember back in May of 2013, when you came to see me um, after having seen your primary care doctor, do you remember sort of what played out in the room at that time? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, I went to my primary doctor for routine uh, physical and normally do annual blood work. I, you know, I got a call back, hey, can you come back into the office? And um, uh, there was an issue with the blood work. Uh, and they were like, well, we're going to test you again because we think we got some, uh, some false positives on a HIV, uh, I guess, uh, diagnosis or, um, so we ran it again and, uh, I think she may have run it maybe once or twice or maybe even a third time, uh, and then sent me to see you because they didn't know sort of how to handle the either the conversation or they actually told me that these are probably false positives. And so I came to you thinking, uh, Hey, there's that 1% chance or whatever that this is wrong. Or I have a certain blood type that I know this can't be right. He was like, no, this is, this is actually correct. And I remember, I mean, I think one of the other points, I mean, I remember your response and and we'll get to that in a Mm -hmm. second, but I, I think one of the things that, you know, I remember you never went back to see her. And so your trust in her, you know, it was oh. really shattered because yeah. I felt like you had this, you know, she's telling you one thing. I did the screening twice. This is a false positive. But why don't you go see Dr. Short and he'll tell you why this is a false positive. And when I look right. at it, like, no, let me explain to you why this is real. And then where right. are the next steps? And I think it was her misunderstanding of how to read the testing. I think this is really important to understand for anyone, when you order a test, any provider, when you order a test, you really need to understand what you're ordering, what the results are going to be, how to interpret those results, because you're going to give this to someone in front of you who's relying on you, and they've established this rapport with you and trust, and now you're going to give them a response that may not be true. You know, at that time, did you consider yourself to be at risk for HIV? No. No. Why did you say that you, you, you wouldn't consider yourself at risk? Uh, because even having unprotected sex, I'd never thought, uh, that that would be, uh, I guess not naivety plays a part in it, right? Because you automatically assume that it's not going to be you, it's going to be someone else. Um, whether having, uh, having anal sex unprotected, you know, you just don't think that it's going to be you that is just playing around, um, or, um, just enjoying 
enjoying sex in different ways. So one of the hardest things after you after you learn your diagnosis, right? So you have to then right. hear it, accept it, say, oh my right. God, this is a reality. You know, do you want to explain, and, and I know this is going to be a touchy subject, so, you know, mm-hmm. I understand if you don't want to do it, um, what it was like, because you had to go home and tell your wife, because that's that's often scary for a lot of individuals. And I think, it, it, well, one, we had small kids at the time um, that, that were not mine biologically, uh, but um, the next year after after me, even talking to uh, my wife at the time, was, wow, does she have it? How does, how does, how, what does this mean for her? Uh, no, no longer was it about me, but it was about her. Um, and she was able to, to take it and was like, you know, well, we'll, we'll still get through this together. But that conversation was hard, but it, but it needed to be had. But, you know, you also did not come in with, you know, this was your only problem. And I think you added a little bit of complexity um, to the situation because you had, you know, really significant high blood pressure, your cholesterol was high. And then on top of that, you had kidney disease. And also, you know, I had to make sure, you know, this was coordination of care because not only Mm -hmm. I had to make sure one, you know, I know your HIV I could handle but we got to get that blood pressure under control, your cholesterol under yes. control. And, and I had to pick a regimen for you and help and sort of discuss with you. Here are the things we need to think about. And I can remember very well one of the new regimens I put you on. It was not covered. And I had to fight the insurance yes. company to get you on. And then I had to do it piecemeal. I can't give you a single pill because your insurance company won't allow me. I have to give you yep. three pills to manage what yes. I have to do with one. So how was it incorporating, you know, this now, in addition to the diagnosis, but taking medicine into your life. I mean, you literally set up a team for me to to meet with all different um, doctors to handle different ailments that I may have. High blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, kidney disease, HIV, um, all of those type of medicines have to be able to work in conjunction and not make my kidneys worse, right? And so at one time, I'm literally every day taking probably close to seven pills, not including any vitamins that I may take. Uh, so that's seven pills in the morning. And uh, although I was I was much more diligent now in taking the meds, uh, that's where it's, it, it's, it was a little cumbersome uh, to swallow that many pills in the, <laughs> and, and the first thing in the morning. <laughs> so um, that definitely, that definitely was a bit of a challenge of, of taking a, taking all of those and not to mention of having all of those pills on hand at, at all times. Uh, meaning like I, I couldn't afford to be without one of the pills. I had to make sure that the refills were, were filled at the same time and that I had a, um, had some pills basically to never run out and, or have one without the other. I basically had to have two of the antiviral pills. I can remember you went through your chart, and I don't remember you having a lot of side effects. I think the big issue for you was, you know, now I had to be a little more aggressive in making sure you were following with the kidney doctor. And, you know, yes. a little bit of a side, you know, it's 10 years later, and you're not on dialysis. Whereas right. that trajectory right. you were headed to, you would have been on dialysis. And I think, you know, right. working with nephrology to control that blood pressure, stop you from putting out so much protein 
controlling your HIV really mm-hmm. has helped keep you. And we're here now 10 years going, you know, pretty soon to be 11 and you're still not on dialysis, which is a really, really good thing. And, you know, you mm-hmm. did, you did really well with pills. I mean, I remember you getting on antiretrovirals, um, getting undetectable and pretty much stayed undetectable. And then we eventually were able to get that single pill, but you know, we had a discussion and, you know, I think you were very interested in switching to the long acting injectable. So yes, I guess, the, <laughs> why did you want to switch? As I said, I was already taking like close to seven pills. Right. Uh, and I, I, I got tired, not tired. It was starting to be, get frustrated to be sure that I had the pills exactly. Um, I like to stay up uh, on the new technology. Um, and, you know, even with the, the injectable, I believe I, you and I may have talked for like a half an hour just about that. And even those in your office, I talked to them about it. Uh, and they're like, well, you just get in and you come in every two months. It's easy. It's in and out. Don't have to think about it. Um, but also, I think it it also gave me a little bit of comfort like if i were to travel with my pain meds or going to the doctor to get hiv meds uh, at a pharmacy you know if i were to move i mean you know i don't have to tell them anything i can just come to you uh to get the injectable once every other month so uh it makes it a lot easier for me um to come in 15 minutes half an hour and i don't see it's you have to come back again for another uh two months Yep. You remember what it was like when you first got the injection? Were you nervous? Yes. I was very nervous uh, because uh, they had to inject me in my hip. I didn't know where it was. Uh, I didn't do my own research on that. I was like, wait. And, and I think I'm talking to you. Yeah, you just get the shot and you'll be fine. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, wait. And then I sit, saw the size of the needles. And then it dawned on me, oh, they're putting literally two months worth of medication or antiviral medication into, into me, right? Um, and the first time, uh, I think I think even later that day after I got the shot, I, I just laid down. It was like I could barely move my leg. I don't know if, if all of that was because of the shot or because of what I built it up to be. Um, but uh, there was pain uh, because they, have, they give you so much and it sits right um, I forget what they call it, um, where they inject it. But uh, that first time, it was hard. Uh, but after that, I'm in and out now. And you feel the pain's gotten better over time? Oh, definitely. 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 Oh, yeah. Even when you first get that, even that first shot, it may have lasted for like the first couple of days because it's something new. Um, so uh, and, and months after that, when I'm going to get the shot, uh, the pain may last the car ride home now. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really great to have, I think, that option for for individuals. You know, it's not for everyone, but it's really nice to be able to say, hey, I have an option for you that's not a pill. It's not everybody wants right. a pill. Um, right. So, you know, just to sort of wind down a little bit, you know, during all the years you've been taking HIV medication, um, we talked about this a little, you feel your health has changed. And if so, how? I think I have a way more vested interest in keeping up with my health uh, and checking and uh, looking at um, when you when, when I leave the doctor's or any doctor's office and I look at their notes and I look at their, the, the tests that were ordered, whether it be blood tests, urine tests. Um, 
any type of test, I actually look over those and, and look them up. I'm I'm more in tune with with my health than I was prior to prior to meeting you. Actually, <laughs> I want to try to finish up, and I, I have two questions, mm-hmm. and I think I'm really yeah. going to hear your thoughts. So, what thoughts do you have looking forward, and what message do you have for any patients who are newly diagnosed, really looking to you for advice on how do they cope with this? Uh, the, to, to answer the first part, uh, for anybody that's newly diagnosed. Um, take accountability. If, if 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 prior to this you were not an active participant, in in your medical uh history or uh, or, or or treatment, start to become one. Be, be be your own be your own advocate. Uh, but also take take it in, digest it. Uh, but and and as you told me, this probably will not be the thing that kills you. You'll probably, if you if you are at, uh, have other health concerns, this will not be uh, the 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 end all be all for you. It is no longer a death sentence. I'd like to see where the antiviral medication goes from here. Um, I've, I know I've talked to you and I've looked online. Like if they if they can have an antiviral medicine that's that you can come in for every other month. Uh, then surely we can go three months. Surely we can go four months. That's mm-hmm. where the field is going. You know, I always yeah. tell you know individuals when they when when I talk to them about injectables, this is really the first wave of a long wave to come. Right, you know, there's, there's a lot more to come. Allergy right. increasing, and so is the research. So yeah, just just hang tight. It's coming. Yep. And you know, one thing about the the injection. Uh, um, and especially for no for someone that's just starting to take it, uh, although your doctors may be good, look at your look at your your testing results. The actual person can actually see if they are still undetectable. Um, getting the getting the shot because you want to be mindful of that as well. Uh, I think to get the injectable, you have to be one week before or one week after, uh, but not longer than that. Um. So that's one thing to think about when they're getting like, take a look at your own test. I do. I look at all of it. Um, and if I have a question, I, I will surely bring it to, to you or to anyone. Um, but don't look at it. Uh, you know, okay. You can wallow in self pity for a little bit. Okay. Give yourself a couple of days, maybe a week. Uh, but after that, it, there are things that you have to, that you have to do if you're newly diagnosed. Um, and, Believe me, if, if if I have the strength to do it, and I'm not just saying it, and I'm not just one of those uh, talking heads or just making up something. Um, I truly, truly had to um, had to look within, and even talking to Doctor Short uh, to get a plan in place of how you're going to tell. Think about it. How you're going to tell the person? Uh, because they have a right to know if they are your significant other. You have to tell them. I'm not. I'm not just going to say it that way. You have to tell them, um, just so they can get tested and, uh, and whatever their feelings may be after that. Be okay with that. Be okay with it. Um, it's not not necessarily easy, but be okay with it. I really appreciate you taking the time um, to share your insights. I think it's very helpful. Very helpful to hear from the patient perspective. It's really important. You know, it's yeah. great to have all this data, but really hearing your point. So. Thank you again for joining us for this podcast today. All right. Thank you very much.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Patient Voices in HIV Management. Please go to the activity page on practice.cme.com to complete the post-test and evaluation to receive continuing education credit.